continuing how to um, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And this one is about spiritual growth and learning from other people, learning from other ministries. And when I talk about that, I'm, you know, I'm talking about outside of our, your tradition, outside of your, you know, uh, view, your doctrinal views, or whatever it may be, the willingness to learn from others, other people, and other ministries. Now, it really hit home with me about 15 years ago. We had, now I'll tell you how long ago it's been, we had cassette tapes. Thousands of them. We had 3,000 sermon tapes, and we had the idea of outreach that we would take a basket of these cassette tapes and put free sermons in and put them out at stores as a method of outreach. Well, before we did that, I wanted to, to, to go through and, and uh, put them in categories. What were the subjects? And uh, believe me, I, I found a lot of subjects on the, the law of God. I found a lot of them on the Sabbath day. I found a lot on the dietary laws, the holy days. And not that any of that's bad, but I just found a lot of them on, on that, those topics. And I found, it seemed, very few about family, child rearing, relationships, husband and wife, how to have a good marriage. I, I, there was a few, but not a lot. Uh, how to stop worrying, basic problems people struggle with, the topics were lacking. And what I realized back then, and this will offend some people in the church, uh, we didn't have the complete package. We thought we did, but uh, we didn't. And uh, now, human nature, and I think why we fail to grow spiritually Maybe it's the law of, of attraction. We're attracted to the way we are, maybe. I don't know how to put this, but, you know, maybe if you're the authoritarian type and your nature is bent in that direction, you like to hear about the law and the Sabbath day and you can whip people back and forth over the head with, with you know, we're doing this and you're not doing that. And, and, and you like to hear that stuff. I mean, there's a reason people are drawn to certain types of, of churches, I mean, obviously, obviously that is true. And however, if you're lacking in other areas, maybe, like family and relationships, you may not want to hear about that stuff. You know, if you're, you know, you, you know I'd rather go over here and hear something else. You know, I, I don't care about that. And, and uh, you know, you might not be attracted to uh, a Jimmy Evans ministry that deals with relationship and marriage and stuff like that. Uh, there's a reason uh, highly emotional people are attracted to the charismatic movement. You know, there's a reason for that. Now, it's not always true, this concept. Uh, broken people often will choose a church that can minister to their needs. You know, that, that's, that's true also. The problem is, if you've been in church for 40 years, we forget that we are still broken and need fixing. We sort of forget that. You know, well, I've been in church 40 years. And uh, true conversion is I am broken and I need to be healed in areas that I'm not even aware of right now. I mean, it's going to be revealed to me, but there's a lot of areas that I am broken and I need to be healed of. There is not an area in my life that I cannot be ministered to. 
I can't exclude any area and say that's off base because I don't want to hear about that. Or I messed up my life and so I don't want to hear any, about any type of correction in that area. There is not an area in my life that I cannot be ministered to. Our Savior put it like this in Matthew 18 and verse 3. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. For whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What, are, what do all children have in common? They are teachable. Teachable. Again, true conversion is I am broken and I need to be healed in areas that I'm not even aware of and there's not an area in my life that I cannot be ministered to. This is true spiritual growth, but it involves a childlike quality of humbling oneself and the willingness to learn from anybody, from others. Willingness to learn. I need to learn because I, I've got a lot wrong with me. You know, it's, I, got, I got problems. Now, when God calls a person, I've used this example before, but we come to a fork in the road. And the road to the left says, I have arrived. And it goes down there to a cul-de-sac. You just round in the circles. The road to the right says the journey to knowing God. Now, guess what road a lot of religious people choose? I have arrived. Yeah, and they go to the cul-de-sac. You know, and you hear this in teaching and doctrine. Uh, once saved, always saved. I have arrived. All that was settled long ago. I've heard that a bunch of times. No use talking about it. All that was settled long ago. I know I'm saved. You know, I have arrived. I am, I'm here. And yet, the journey to knowing God is the right road. And it can be painful. It's a learning experience. It can be a lot of correction along the way. Now, what do all religious people have in common? They all believe they're right, including me. <laughs> uh, you've, no, you've never seen, like, the wrong church of God or uh, the fifth Baptist church. It's always a first. So there's no second-rate people around here, you know. Uh, and we never put, you know, on a billboard sign, we never put, we might know the Bible. Or we think we know the Bible, and which that'd probably be a truer statement, by the way. But we don't put that, you know. We, they, all Christians know they believe they're right. And that is a hindrance to spiritual growth. The greatest hindrance to spiritual growth is statements like, he doesn't think like me, therefore I cannot listen to him. He's not one of us. Therefore, I can't listen to him. Or I only listen to people in my denomination or organization. That's the only ones I listen to. Okay. Three things there, and I have witnessed every one of these in my personal life. Uh, number one, he doesn't think like me. Therefore, I can't listen to him. I've had people on my program say, I can't listen to him. Because he doesn't say the sacred names. 
I can't listen to it. Or because, you know, why don't you wear, and I have, I've had this a bunch of times, why don't you wear tassels? And the implication is, if you would dress like I do, if you would say things like I do, I would listen to you. But I can't listen to him because he's not doing that. I've had statements like that. Can't. Can't listen to it. Um, second one. He's not one of us. Therefore, I can't listen to him. I had that happen to me in, in, in a, a fellowship group. It was a church of God, for pity's sakes. Off in another state, I used, they, they used to allow me, I had a friend in the ministry, they'd allow me to speak. I, I spoke there for two years, off and on. Eventually, someone, some, someone said, and, and of course my friend had to tell me this, and he, he was so, he didn't want to tell me. He said, David, he said, the people there, they only want to hear from, from their inside group. The, the ones, I was not ordained in their ministry. And so they only want to hear from their inside group. They don't want to hear, even though I was Church of God also. And uh, I, said, I said, that don't bother me. I said, no, no problem. Don't worry about it. And uh, so anyway, uh, third one was, I only listen to people in my denomination or organization. And I've had people say, I only listen to Church of God material. You know, I don't listen to anything else. Um, there was a time in our history that you could be disfellowshipped. <laughs> for listening to someone else. That's how sick it was. You know? Now the logic, for, as far as from the ministry, now when I say this, this, I'm not, this doesn't apply to me. <laughs> the, we've got to protect the sheep from the wolves. We've got to protect them from false doctrine. The minister's job is to keep the blind, stupid sheep from going astray. <laughs> now, that's not me. I'm saying there are a lot of people in the ministry who, whose view is just that. And it's, it's big time. It can be. You know, I, we've, we've got to protect these, these, these sheep. Now, it's not my view. My view is this. The only way you will ever grow spiritually is if you are confronted with opposition. That's my view. You remember what happened in this church? Not all of you know what happened in this church one time. Uh, we had three ministers come here. And uh, they were, they had obviously listened because my program airs in Martinsville and that's where they were from, but they were loaded. You ever gotten an argument with someone who's loaded? You know, they, they had listened to my view on the Sabbath, the law of God, uh, that God is not calling everyone right now and that and I mean, they were loaded, and they came here, and they listened. But afterwards, they wanted to talk. And we let them, and we listened to them. Now, I'm not saying we handle that perfectly, because, you know, when someone is prepared and you're not, boy, did they take us off guard. But we handled it pretty good. And uh, we answered to, to, according to, you know, God's grace that he gave us. And, and, and here's the thing about that situation. It brought us closer as a church, did anything? We grew more spiritually in that hour than we did five years coming here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it really did. Now, I'm going to really go out on a limb here with an idea. Just, you know, some of you may hate me for this one. Um, 
happen if, if I were to ask a Sunday-keeping minister to come here and explain to us why they go to church on Sunday? You would. Well, I'm proud of you. <laughs> the reason being, I watch a lot of debates. Yeah. One type of pastor against another. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like debates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do that occasionally. What's that? I do that occasionally when they knock on the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I put them on the fence. Right. 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 And when I say that, I'm not talking about for us to argue with them. I'm talking about we sit here and listen, and then say, you know, listen. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Um, it's not to argue, but just to, you know, you can never communicate to people until you know where they stand. I mean, until you know their view. And, and you see, there's a fear that some people have. It's like, oh, no, if that happened, I'd give up my faith and, and go to that, their church. And, and listen, if, that, if that's true, you don't have any faith. Just, just can your faith. You're lacking in that area. Uh, no, it, it doesn't. And the fact that I, someone disagrees with what I say doesn't, or believe doesn't bother me at all. I, and now here, think about this. Imagine how that would be taken by other people. You know, that church, that church of God, Rocky Mount, allows other people to come here who don't even share their conviction and speak. And suppose they would say, well, maybe we should allow them to come to our church and present their view. And maybe that would never happen, but <laughs> just thinking outside the box. Just thinking outside the box. Um, because, um, you know, I mean, like, it, it just, it, I, I just think sometimes we fear that this would, uh, we would lose our faith or, or, or um, you know, it's just, uh, well, anyway, let me go on. Learning from other ministries. I want to go through a set of scriptures here. Philippians 1 and verse 12. Philippians 1 and verse 12. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the thing which happened unto me has fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and, and, and other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident in my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ with envy, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincere, sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but others of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached? And I therefore do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. That's a fascinating concept. You know, Paul says, well, however they do it, even if their motive is wrong, I'm rejoicing that Christ gets preached. And, and I think Paul understood this verse in Isaiah 55 and verse 11. You don't have to turn there. But so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that thing which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it, whereinto I sent it. Now, 
again, don't, don't get ahead of me. I'm not saying that truth is not important. I'm not saying that doctrine is not important. I'm saying that God places people where they need to be. There's a lot of people that don't even need to be here. I mean, really. Uh, it may not be their time. You know, Ron Dart talked about when he was growing up, and, and he talked about all the wonderful things he learned in some of the churches out there. He talked about reciting the Bible, memorizing Scripture. And he was talking about how grateful he was that God led him on a journey from, from this, 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 this church, that church, that church. You know, my parents had, had uh, they come out of the, what kind of church did they? Was it Brethren? Methodist. 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 Okay, Methodist. And then they went to Seventh-day Adventist for many years. And then they learned about the Holy Days. They didn't learn that from the Seventh-day Adventist, by the way. But, but uh, then they started keeping the Holy Days and went to another church. And so the journey was, you know, here, 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 and, and a learning experience. And so God places people where they need to be. And, and uh, that, that shouldn't bother us, that, that there are people that maybe are not here or, or leave the church. You know, we had a... We had a guy that came here one time and, and said that uh, he was excited. He said, man, I love this church. I'm never going to leave this church. And I thought to myself, oh, I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> like, you know, Peter said, I'll never deny you. And he eventually left, got upset. And, uh, but, you know, there are people that come and go and, 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 and you know, God places people where they need to be, where they need to be. Now, 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 on this other side, I'm talking about listening to people outside of our, you know, what we believe, but think about this, the importance of what we have here. Where would I go to find out the truth about the Sabbath, the holy days, the dietary laws? I couldn't just pick any church out there, could I? No, I mean, I'd have to. I'd have to search for that one, not just any church. And you would think a church, when I talk about the dietary law, you would think a church is a place you'd go to find out about health. I mean, of all places, you should be able, and, and, and preachers are not going to preach about a, 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 something they don't keep. You know, if they're unwilling to keep, they're not, they can't preach about it. And so, you know, uh, you know subjects like how to, killing and how you bleed an animal and don't eat the fat. The dietary laws, they, they can't go there. So, you know, uh, I just want you to understand the importance of, of truth and, and where you would go to find it. And you can't go everywhere, you know. But anyway, anyway Jeremiah 23 and verse 21. I was looking at a set of scriptures here that I think is sort of relevant as to thinking outside the box and being willing to, to listen to others. Jeremiah 23 and verse 21 God says, I have not sent these prophets, yet, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doing. Man, that's a powerful scripture. These men that, that I didn't send and I didn't command them, and, and, and maybe they are false prophets, but if they had stuck to the word, you know, we could get up here and just read the scripture. Just read the Bible. Um, the word has a power all its own. There are 650,000 preachers in the U.S. And if they just, they just stick to the word, 
They can make an impact. Another scripture, something Christ said in Mark 9 and verse 38. I like this one because it sort of sometimes fits our tradition, church tradition here. Mark 9 verse 38, and John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name, and he followed not us. He wasn't one of us. <laughs> and we forbade him because he didn't follow us. We told him, you can't do that. You can't cast out demons in Jesus' name. You know, you're not one of us. But Jesus said, forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. He that is not against us is on our part. That's a powerful concept there. Powerful concept. Now, I admit, there are some preachers I don't listen to. Uh, call it discernment, spirit of discernment. I hope everybody has that, you know, but sometimes I detect that's not of the spirit of God. That's another spirit. and I can't listen to it. I, I, you know, you, the filter is the spirit of God, and you filter things through the spirit of God. And, you know, I, I can't listen to some of the sing-song Preaching, you know, the guy 120 pounds overweight and he's pacing back and forth and wiping the sweat off his face. And, you know, I tell you, he went up, he did not go down. And, whoa, it's got a ram in the thicket. And, and you listen to those people and for an hour and you think, well, he didn't say anything other than God has a ram in the thicket, or, or, you know. And, and uh, so there's some I don't listen to. Remember the story of Balaam? He was rebuked. For his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man. I'm reading the Bible here. Uh, <laughs> speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. Like someone, one minister said, if God can use, can speak through a man's ass, what can he not use? Think about that. I mean, think about it. Who do I reject? Who do I say, no, I can't listen to that? It's amazing to, to look at this example. So, as, like I said at the beginning, I realized at the church that we didn't have the complete package. And I'm not sure any church has the complete package. Uh, now, if you think about, that, think about that statement, is that true that no church has? Because our need, think about our needs as a human being, all of our emotional needs. I mean, what church could minister the complete package to all of that stuff? Our hurts, our wants, our desires, our, our, our sorrows, and, 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 and our, what we struggle with. And, you know, our needs are so many. And, you, of course, you have the searcher, people who are, I call searchers, and they never find what they're looking for. They're, and maybe what they're looking for doesn't exist. Well, let me correct that. What they're looking for exists, but you've got to know where to find it. You've got to know where to find it. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find knock, and it shall be open unto you. And often we are short-sighted. You know, it's like we're looking at a confined area. You know, I lost, I dropped something, I lost something, and I'm looking at this little square foot on the floor right here. And I'm trying to find what I'm looking, but I'm not willing to look and realize it might have rolled over that way. We're just looking at a singular area. And um, we have to be free enough to find what we need. Free enough to find in the spirit to find what we need. So like I said, many years ago, I, I realized 
we didn't have the complete package. And my journey over the past 30 years has been, it's been a lot. That, you know, I, when Rebecca came along, I started listening to James Dobson ministry, Focus on the Family, because I, I needed that. I needed to know, you know, here's a child coming along. I, I needed that. And I wasn't finding everything I needed in the church. And so I went through a period of, of Dobson's ministry. And I went through another period of, of Charles Stanley because he's preaching for four or five years. I just, the, living life, just general teaching and how to live life, really got a lot out of that. And, and I went through uh, another period of, of R.C. Sproul, and, and he was talking about Reformed theology. Five points of Calvinism, you know, the tulip, whatever, reformed theology, or maybe I should say deformed theology. Well, no, I shouldn't say. Uh, but some of that stuff was weird, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I studied that for a while. And, and Andrew Womack, ministry. I got a lot of encouragement from that. And, and Joel Olstein, when I want encouragement, I, I listen to Joel Olstein. Jimmy Evans, ministry, uh, marriage and relationships. Man, just a lot of great ministries out there. And Joyce Myers, handling negative emotions. Just, just good stuff there. And, of course, you know, Born to Win program, Ron Dart, and, you know, just all kinds of stuff I've listened to. And, and, and a lot of that was outside of my doctrinal views. And I, I never thought of abandoning my faith or my convictions or anything like that. I took the good with the bad and, and cast out. I didn't agree with everything they say. Sometimes they'd, one of them would say, well, the law's been abolished, been done away. And I think, that's not right. But I didn't just throw him out and throw out the baby with the bath water or whatever. I, I, I listened to his, special, uh, his specialty. And you see, that's the thing about God's spirit. God gives men and women specialties. They don't have the complete package, but in that specialty, you better listen if you're going to grow in Christ. Because, you know, imagine God saying, you know, I sent you someone. I sent you an ass. But you wouldn't listen. <laughs> and imagine how stupid we're going to feel. You know, well, I just couldn't listen to that person. And uh, I want to conclude by telling us a verse in Hebrews 12 and verse 22. It tells us something about the church that I think a lot of people overlook. The church. The church of God. The church of God. Hebrews 12 and verse 22, in conclusion here. But you are coming to the Mount Zion and into the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and into the innumerable companion of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Notice that, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. When we stand on the sea of glass at the resurrection, we will be a part of the church of the firstborn. And I don't know who else is going to be there. I hope a lot of people are there. I want a lot of people to be there. Not me for, not, it's not for me to decide who's going to be there and who's not going to be there. But I look at this verse. This church is a future event, by the way. Now, I know Jesus said, I will build my church, but sometimes what he meant and what we think is two different things. You know, we think of buildings, we think of denominations, we think of, you know, whatever. 
But this is a, to me, this is a future event. And I, I am planning on being there. <laughs> and I don't think I will ever, I will be a part of this church if I don't allow, if I don't learn, if I don't allow, if I don't allow myself to learn from other ministries and other people. But if I'm willing to do that, I think we can all make it to this. Because when that, this verse says, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work from a different groups and people and organizations and ministries. It takes a lot of work to get there. And so we need to allow whatever our lack is for people to minister to us, to appreciate them for the truth that they do have and the ministry that they do have. And yes, to separate error, falsehood, you know, to be able to divide that. We need to do that. But I think the Spirit of God will lead you to do just that.